Back to old school with DP and J. Jay, you got to unmute yourself. Jay, what you know about this? That's what I was just about to ask you, man. Come on, bro. House party. Is this how y'all used to get down, man? When you, I know, Kenny, when you said you bald-headed, now you used to have that fresh little fro and curl. That Jerry curl. Used to rock it, man? Jerry curl. The Jerry curl? Oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. I've seen a couple pictures, man. <laughs> I, didn't know you, I didn't know you so long that you've been bald-headed. And every time I see it, I was like, you know when you see people when they had different hairstyles? Like, no, nah, that ain't you. <laughs> That ain't Kenny, even though it is you, man. That was I want I want I want to stay on this football thing because we know winter conditioning has started, and you know I always say that winter conditioning and any type of football and stuff like that, you know, training camp and fall camp, spring ball, everybody loves it in the first you know week or so. You know, get the pads on, be mm-hmm. out there wolfing a little bit. Uh, but now you you know the now you're in the dog days of of uh, winter conditioning, right? I want to ask you from a coach's standpoint, right? We already know who, you know, the player in the, in the locker, we know who's for real, and who's fake, because you know you know these guys in and out, right? Yep. So from a coach's standpoint, what do you look for from certain players that you need to improve, right? Or what you're looking for, right? Do you, do you look at what, how they're, you know, their lists? And do you go in and get some intel from the coaches? Are they still working hard? Are they still extra 30 minutes in or doing some extra stuff? And then obviously I know they're doing some classroom work. Uh, from the what do you look for from the players that you need to improve? But then also, what do you look for from the players, or what are you surprised by some of the guys that take huge steps, right? Huge steps. And we're not talking, you know, not the ready-made players. A guy that you know probably just kept his nose to the grind, probably overlooked when you did the preseason depth chart. He might be like four, five, or six. He has a he's been having a really good offseason. What are what are, what are those discussions like? Uh, when you're in those staff meetings? Well, f- first and foremost, you have guys that will separate themselves. You know, a Garrett right. Nelson, for example. You know, he coming in, you know, he was this, you know, from Western Nebraska. Um, but you watch his demeanor every day. He right. attacked everything he did. You know what I mean? Attacked it. Like you said, the ready-made guy, you, you look for him. You Like, I used to pick the strength coach's brains. You know, once I saw him, I was like, yo, how is he working in the weight room? Does he do extra? Does he does he stay after and do extra? Oh, he's doing this, he's doing that. Then you, the ready-made guy, how's he doing? Well, he takes shortcuts. Um, you know, he, he he's, he's late sometimes, or he ain't doing extra. Right. You know what I mean? So the ready-made guys are the ones you you, 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 you so single out and you say, hey, you ain't you haven't arrived yet. You haven't. So you might want to get to the weight room on time or you might want to get to study hall on time and you might want to stay after and do extra. It's like with a receiver. I tell a receiver, I said, you, you dropped two balls in practice today, right? You might want to stay after and, and catch a couple balls either from a quarterback on the jug machine to make up for that. One thing I loved was a guy that took it upon himself and did it on his own. You didn't have to pry him, poke him, kick him in the butt to be motivated. Right. You have those guys, and then you have those guys that you have to motivate. And most of the time, it's your best players that you have to motivate. Your most athletic, 
talented players you have. Potential to, players. Potential players. Right. I wouldn't say, you know, but, yeah, those are the ones you have to motivate. Mm. And how frustrating is that as a staff to where you're trying to set a tone, right? And you only can be – and the one thing about coaching, this is what, you know, some of the people you, – you guys are free to text in on the text line. Don't really understand. There's only I always say, you know, people always like, oh, they always say, like, Jay, you always blame the players because I, I'm a firm believer. There's only so much the coaches can do. There's only so many times that Kenny can be like, come on, Jay, come on, Jay. Here he comes in cover three. You know, when they when they motion over, you know, you can't you, you got to widen out because you're going to get crack blocked. There's only so much that you can tell me, because once we get out there on that field, whether you're in spring practice Right, which you know you can kind of yell out, and they yes. you know keep you know keep your eyes. But when you're out there on a Saturday, there is nothing that Kenny Wilhite can yell to me out there in the field that I can hear in real time, home or away or neutral site, that I'm going to be able to look over, recognize, and then make a play. So that's why I think that the coach the coaching does take you certain places, but I think also internally as a player you have to be motivated externally as leaders you have to be extension of the coaches that's i think what fans are talking about the coaching from the coach's office to the middle ground which is your leadership sprinkled down because those guys that are leaders they they have a harder harder job number one they got to be your hardest workers okay they got to be the number one guys that are accountable accountable themselves number three they have to be motivated and number four, which is probably the most important we just talked about, is you have to be consistent. And you have to do all four of those things every single day, even when you don't feel like it. You have to fake it. You have to have false energy. And then you have to – you cannot miss a beat. It's almost like being a parent to, say, like in a, in a DB room, say there's two or three of you guys, right? You guys are – you know, there's 15 guys in there. Each of you guys just – there you go, Kenny. You got five kids. And you got to parent them all the same. You got a true freshman, a walk-on, a guy with all the potential that's being lazy, the undisciplined knucklehead that's going to drive you all crazy. Then you got the most consistent guy that's going to be there day in and day out. But you can't miss a beat because one of every one of them is going to try you at every single time. And that's what people don't understand about leadership, the coaches, the the word that everybody loves to, to uh, throw around is buy-in, which is generally, I think, it's an 80% choice by players. 20% option by coaches because if, if there's nothing to, if you want to play, you're going to play. If, if I hear another coach say he's, I got to give him this. So he buys in. Well, then you, you're going to have a player that's going to tap out for you. He's not going to be able to win a game for you. Cause that, that, that never works. And I always wonder like when I coach kids, I always ask them about whether football or basketball. I say Randy Moss is, is, is the, one of the hardest workers out there. Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens is one of the hardest workers out there. Bo Jackson, all these great players, Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt, Vaughn, all these guys are hard work. What makes you think I need to give you the option whether to work hard just to, if you're trying to even get close to them? If you're half the player that they are, you're going to be set for life. And here we are right here trying to get to do the basics. How frustrating that is, as a coach. Is that the reason why you went to the bald head so you ain't going to have all this gray hair like me? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I think in 2012 I was coaching that. Central Arkansas, and I had this kid, I tell you, when I say drove me bananas, like you say, you have kids, you have certain kids that, you know, most talented, less talented, but does everything right, self-motivator. But I had this one, he was so talented, bro, and 
and but he always tried to take shortcuts. And I said, man, if you keep that up, you're going to give me gray hair. Right, about two days later, about two days later. You went bald head. No, about two days later, <laughs> a couple of grays popped up. I said, see, I said, this is all you. The crazy thing is he texted me the other day during the uh, Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And he, he brought up the fact that, you know, like we said, the DB was in good position. He couldn't track the ball. You know what I mean? He texted me right. the other day, and he goes, I can hear you now yelling my name. You can't do that. I said, yeah, you're the one that gave me gray hair. You're the reason why I'm bald. So, But, no, back to what, <laughs> back to what you said. We, we said that word yesterday, consistency. Right. Remember? You weren't yeah. on, but me and DP said it. DP asked a question yesterday. But I said the biggest thing is consistency. You have to be consistent as a coach with your day-to-day operation with dealing with certain players. And the players have to be consistent. You can't blame the players. I mean, you can't blame the coaches for everything. They get some blame, but the Girl, players sure. the players have to be accountable also at some point. Right. Because if I tell you how to play cover two 24 times a practice and you you bust it on the 25th time, that's on you. Right. That That's on you. If I tell you how to play right. cover three – Eight million times, and the eight million and one time you screw it up in a crucial moment, that's on you. That's not right. on the coach. That's on the player. Yeah, I, I think that people miss the uh, the, the coaching point of consistency, uh, both as a player as a coach, because motivation comes and goes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's motivated to, to do well, but consistency is going to take you to whatever those emotions are that got you originally motivated. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if you look at Tiger Woods dominance, uh, Jack Nicholas, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, everybody, you they're consistently consistent. They're motivated, but they, you know what they were, where, where they were really consistent was the days that they didn't feel like doing it. The days that maybe they had to sacrifice, maybe going to hang out with friends, or, you know, eating a certain way, make, you know, like with Michael Jordan, right? He had to be consistent in the weight room because he felt like after Detroit Pistons beat him up for years that he needed to get bigger and stronger and get more explosive and not wear down throughout the whole season. So how was his offseason? It started the day after the day after the team was over, mm-hmm. or team meeting was over. And so he had to sacrifice something, but he had to be consistent in what he was doing. And then what else, what else was he able to do? Once he's consistent, he can demand – Kenny Wilhite, Austin, and Jay Foreman to be that. And the reason why he could, whether you like the way he led or not, is because he was doing it. Yep. And so I think once you get that going, if Coach Rule and those guys can get that going, you know, the, you know, sky's the limit. And that's what people don't, I don't think, appreciate about the Kirby Smarts, the Nick Sabins, the even, uh, you know, Ivan reluctantly saving the Dabo uh, Sweeney's and all those guys, is that they're e- extremely consistent. They, you know, whether you think they're fair or not, they're extremely consistent, and that's why they're consistently winning, consistently recruiting, consistently churning out NFL players, consistently putting coaches in positions to be successful, consistently developing coaches, consistently raising money for NIL, consistently staying in the process. You know, Clemson isn't even thought of as being a national championship team next year. They won 11 games last year. Yep. A whole home 11 games won the S- or ACC championship, and it was a down year. 
And so you, that's where you, that's where you start to see, you know, success. And so if Nebraska and as a player, players individually take that word and run with it versus I'm motivated, I'm grinding today. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in, you know, I'm doing the, you know, whatever the word is or whatever, you know, consistently showing up and letting your actions do all your talking. Then come Saturday, it's just a matter of showing everybody how you consistently practice. You know, there's very few gamers out there. You know, Kenny. You know, I don't know if you knew any, or there's mm-hmm. very few gamers. Um, well, let me take I that back. We, there was one. That was okay. One. Who, who, who Travis, was that? Travis Hill did not like practice. <laughs> Travis Hill. <laughs> he did. ain't like practice, he but he practiced. Though. But he practiced. But right. Travis Hill, rest in peace, big fella. He he, he did not like practicing, but. When, when, on that Saturday, when, once that ball was snapped, he was right. hunting now. So, like you, like you said, there's very few gamers. We right. haven't had a gamer in, shit, my nine years of being there. Well, take that back. There was, there was one, uh, Randy Gregory. Who was that? Randy Gregory. <laughs> Randy Gregory. But, but, uh, but, but, he, but, he, but he did practice. He, okay, but was Randy Gregory, Gregory consistent, though? Was he consistently getting better? Now that first year he came out like gangbusters. But that's what right? I'm saying. So But that second year The year I got here was his the, the spotlight was on you. Yeah. Um jumps the cat. Yep. And so your inconsistency inconsistency of being consistent yep. showed up when. Mm-hmm. Now there's he had the big hit against Miami and all that stuff <laughs> yeah, on, on national yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. Which which can which can smoke screen ten other games. You know what I'm saying? Oh, when you're oh, out yeah. there getting jammed oh, yeah. up on the oh, edge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, okay, I'll give you Randy Gregory. Or you could throw in, I guess, when I play, maybe Farley. But you know what happens <laughs> when you have a Travis Hill, a Randy Gregory? And you know what? I, I can't even say Farley because Farley practiced. Now, Terrell, like, Terrell was like a – he was like a sly cat. You know what I'm saying? He he was he was like, hey, he's he going to let everything just kind of manifest, and then he going to clean it up. So but so he, he, he worked at it. Mm-hmm. So I want to throw him in there, but I think the things that that really makes you a good team is if you know, like I knew, okay, this is what I got with Farley, but I know he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do because we're going to do it for the betterment of the team. You can't have just one guy off on the doing his thing individually and not thinking collectively. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, and we- so I think that's the that's where I think a lot of guys missed the, missed the boat. We actually, not everybody's practice habits are the same. Nobody likes practice. Mm-mm. Nobody loves to go out there in the heat, ninety degrees, and run two hundred plays with Coach Osborne. But we knew we had to get through it and do what we needed to do for the betterment to win, to be down in Miami for the chance for that scrimmage to win national championship. And so it's all worth it. That's why and, Strick uh, played basketball. What? That's why Strick played basketball. A strict, strict. You know what? In this next segment, we're gonna talk about when Strick brought his little tail out there, and then spring ball, Ron Brown got him, recruited him out the training table, brought his big butt out there to play wing back. When we come back, I'm gonna tell the true story of Eric Strickland. Not the one. Not look. I'm gonna give Strick a pass about the half court shots, man. That's a lot of pressure. Okay, we're gonna talk about when Eric Strickland. I, I kept hearing about Eric Strickland like he was Bigfoot. You know what I'm saying? Anybody from Nebraska or from Omaha, they 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 was acting like once you once you gain five yards in Omaha, you know it was equivalent to five hundred yards. He was like Bigfoot, and I I saw him on the court. I'm gonna talk about Eric Strickland and tell you about when he came out and played football for about a day or two, 
in spring ball. Old School will be right back. Watch Old School live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.